Hey guys, what's up? It's Lizzie Jane, and we are tuning into the 100th episode of the Lizzie Jane podcast. Thank you guys for hanging in there with me. We have reached 100 successful episodes before my hard drive crashed two weeks ago. I've been doing everything under the sun to recover so many audio files and music and all of this. And unfortunately, the hard drive is completely failed. But we had all of our videos backed up and uploaded to the cloud. So we were able to salvage the audio from these lovely conversations that everybody needs to hear. I have Kayvon as a special guest joining me live from Soul Fest shortly before he played his set. Kayvon is such a nice dude. He has been producing feel good, vibey beats forever. And he just played his first EDC Las Vegas shortly after we had our conversation at Soul Fest. You know, that is such a huge accomplishment in itself. He is an independent artist. He has released so many records independently and stands on that hill. And he's done it just so elegantly. There's so much to learn from this conversation. I'm so glad we got to sit down and chat finally after trying to make it happen after a few headline shows of his. Uh, Learn so much. I hope you guys really enjoy it. As always, please make sure you like, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please rate us on Spotify podcast. It means more than you know to have your support. And let's just hop right into it. This is Lizzie Jane, and you're tuning into the 100th episode with special guest Kayvon. Hey guys, so lately I've seen a ton of larger shows I've been playing at that a lot of these festivals and venues are no longer allowing bags that are not clear. Well, guess what? Lunchbox Packs is coming in clutch again. They have just stepped up their anti-theft bags by releasing a fully clear hydration pack and snack pack. This is an absolute game changer for your summer festivals and events. Each bag is made out of TPU material that is incredibly durable, flexible, and made to not alter under extreme sun exposure over time. You also have the option to bring a skin in your bag on the way in, and once you're through that security line, you can zip on your skin for privacy of your belongings and to add some extra personalized fun flair. These hydration packs meet the majority of all festival regulations and guidelines. As always, these packs have all of the awesome anti-theft features as the original hydration and snack packs. Make sure you use code Lizzie Jane for $10 off any hydration pack and code Lizzie J for $5 off any snack pack. I will see you at the rave. The show today was brought to you by Vitaplur E-Boost Gum. With no pill to take or powders to mix, Vitaplur E-Boost Gum is a first-of-its-kind energy rave supplement that provides magnesium, electrolytes, and antioxidants while you chew. Vitaplur is the perfect complement to my active lifestyle, whether it's at the festival, on the road touring, or hitting the gym. Chew Vitaplur and dance with confidence. Use code LizzieJane for 10% off any order. Okay, this is my second friendly reminder that my hard drive literally fried and crashed like a week and a half after these were recorded and I was only able to salvage three of the audio files. So please forgive me and I did my absolute best. Okay, love you, bye. Hey, Vaughn, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad we could make this happen. Me too. 
you just came off like a horse show run. You're about to play Skull Fest. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, I was worried because I only got like three hours of sleep last night, but I got here at 10 a.m. and I've slept for eight hours today and I've never slept that long a day. So I, it's like I just woke up my house. That's actually great. That means you're like rejuvenated, refreshed, you're ready to go. Yeah. I feel like when your body hits that wall, you very much so go, okay, I need to rest. I need to like rejuvenate myself and be able to, to operate in real life. Yeah. I wanted to like watch TikTok and like decompress the TV, but I was just like, no, I just need to force myself to sleep right now. I'm the same way. And I feel like in this age where we have our phones and it's so, I would say it's like such a big part of our career in, in a sense where we now operate, where we have this like puzzle pie of the music and the social media and the branding and this and that. And especially when you're playing as many shows as you are right now, as you're not really like on a cohesive tour, but you're doing a bunch of one-off dates and you always are very, I would say, incorporated in like a part of your community on a whole. Seeing those mentions, seeing those tags, making sure that people know that, you know, you appreciate them coming, so on and so forth. It can become very grating, and I think our mind gets in a sense where we lay down and it goes phone, but we have to take ourselves out of that. Totally, it's it's definitely something that I feel like for career on a whole, not only pushing a unique lane of music. Um, what we were kind of talking about beforehand, you, you independently release a lot of your stuff. Um, I would love to know since I really haven't gotten the chance to sit down with you. You know, just a little bit of your background and how you really got into electronic dance music, whether it was through being a fan itself, you know, how did you get into production and how did you know that this is exactly what you wanted to do with your life? Yeah. So honestly, I was like a sports kid growing up. I was like, that's what I was all, all about. I played basketball until I was 18. That was my passion. <clears throat> and uh, then I went to college and I realized, okay, I can't play basketball anymore. So... I felt kind of lost as to like what my passion was and I just went for business school like something generic and realized I didn't like that so then I just started switching majors a whole bunch of times and nothing was clicking and uh, let me rewind like one year I went to Coachella when I was 18 and that's the first time I saw EDM music live and I'd always listen to like pretty much exclusively rap but then when I saw EDM live I was like whoa this energy feels different and I felt so much loving energy and just was talking to strangers all weekend and just like I still love doing that today just like interacting with strangers and feeling that immediate connection through music like on a deeper level and you feel connected to someone um, and so then I became a fan of EDM while I was in college just like switching around majors very confused and lost uh, I went to Hard Summer and then I was actually with a, like a random stranger and we were just having like the time of our lives and we were just like shoulder and shoulder. And he was like, dude, imagine what it'd be like to be up there. And I think that just like lit a fire in me or something because the day after that set, I think it was Jack U. Um, I downloaded software and call it and just started messing around with it. And then I, I made the shittiest beats ever, but I thought they were the best things of all time. And I was showing them all my, like, called roommates and stuff. Wow, we all started. Yeah. I made, like, the worst song ever. And I was like, <laughs> I'm playing things. <laughs> but it was looking back at it, it was so bad. But 
I had that spark and that passion. You know, like when you make the first build up and your first draw. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Your first remix. And so I decided, I got really depressed in college and like I had health problems too. Everything was bad. And I decided, like, like curse. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Was, no, you're fine. Uh, just go for it. I was just like, fuck <laughs> it. I'm going to try, um, just try to pursue music for a year. And if it doesn't work out, just come back to college, like, take it down here leave of absence. Yeah. And um, then I went to ICAR in LA. And then once I started there and was able to put 100% of my focus into music, I just developed this mentality of like, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to do music. And I honestly, Kobe inspired me a lot because of my basketball background. And like, once I got there, I was just like, I'm going to come in early every day, just like work my ass off and like, my competitive basketball side sort of kicked into music. Yeah. Uh, which has been tricky to balance now because I'm so competitive and now I'm like learning not to compare myself to others where at the beginning I was like, I should make it to the top. But now it's more like I'm just happy to be where I'm at and like trust the universe and whatever happens, happens and just really grateful for anything that happens. Um, like, yeah. That was, I dropped out of college when I was 19, and I am 27 now, and I put out my first song when I was either 19 or 20, when I was born, and then I didn't have a plan, but I put out the song, and people were reaching out to me, and they're like, what other music do you have? And I was like, I don't have any other music. I worked on that song for four months, and then put it out, I was like, I don't have anything else, but then... I just came up with this broad plan to put out a song a month. And I've pretty much been doing that the past six, seven years. It's the consistency. I feel like every time I speak to just someone who's like nationally touring or they're at a point where they're able to sustain themselves off of music, whenever I'm like, hey, give the three pieces of advice, you know, what do you wish you told yourself when you were younger? It's very much so the same answer of consistency, consistency, consistency. And I think especially with anything that you do and I have a competitive major at heart as well as came up in sports, huge fan of sports, not as much basketball as baseball, but I think everybody kind of has their little niche that they like, just like musical genre, especially in like the sports lane. And it's it's definitely great to bring in that competitive nature, but at the same time, I don't think there's never like one winner. Everybody's journey is very, very different. But the more you do something or you kind of throw stuff at the wall, I think the quicker you get to a point where not only like owning your skill set, owning your craft, and your sound, and all that stuff that goes along with establishing a project, it's also like you have a more higher chance statistically of making like, hey, making something that you really, really like. Um, when you kind of get into your journey on a whole, so you've been kind of at this for six, seven years, and you're probably around the same age, you've really created this unique path where I feel like you're not really like in this rat race of, of things that typically happen on like sometimes the base oriented side or whether you're with set agency or set agent and all of that kind of background business stuff. What is some kind of things that you found along the way that have allowed you to stick to your guns where you're like, I'm just going to make the kind of music that I really enjoy to make. 
and I'm going to do my thing, and I'm going to build my fan base, and I can exist in this, I would say, like, separate lane than, like, hey, I have to do all of these sport tours, and I have to do all of this stuff to build up to do my headline tour. I feel like you just kind of said, okay, here I am, then I'm going to do me until people accept it, and I grow in each and every market. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe it's because I'm not the best at network, dude, and I'm not super social, but I just always wanted to make it about me and my direct um, connection to my listeners, and that was all I was worried about. So I just put out music and feel a connection with the listeners and not feel like I had to, I don't know, like connect with certain industry people or play before this certain artist. I just wanted to like, build a community with like people that appreciated my music just like from the ground up and not try to like conform to certain events or certain like functions and things like that and i feel really lucky just because like i feel a lot of loving energy from like people listening to my music and they they keep me going like i still need to be reminded to like keep going because i'm sure you can relate like there's just there's peaks and valleys and like in those valleys I'll get a message where someone says I like helped their life or inspired them, and that's what keeps me going. If I didn't get that, then I, I'd be questioning what I was doing. Because that's the whole reason I, I do all this. So, like, I just want to help people, and I just want people to be the best versions of themselves, and help people escape and just like not escape, but just like enjoy the present and enjoy life, even for just a little bit. And so, when I'm reminded that I do that, essentially. It's, what it's all about and I kind of forget about like the rat race trying to like perform and all this stuff it's, it's just nice to keep it raw and simple I feel like but I don't know I guess I've gotten really lucky because at the beginning when I first put out music none of the labels accepted my songs so I was like okay I'll just release independent then but that's honestly been the best blessing because um First of all, you get to own the music. So during COVID, when I had no shows or income, I was able to like support myself from Spotify because the labels didn't own the song, which is cool. Uh, but I still like working with labels now. It's just, I think it's good to find a balance of yourself and not be reliant on a label or any other separate entity. And keeping it about the music and connecting with people listening to music as a priority before anything else. Well, I think community is just like so much of what makes a successful artist like, nowadays, like especially seeing artists like Pretty Lights come back and stuff like that. That's very like community focused and community based. I've always seen that come through just like on your social media platforms, on your shows, like you always really do meet and greets. Like it's a very like community orientated thing and kind of touching on what you said about peaks and valleys. I think a lot of people, you know, it kind of is said by, you know, people who work in the music industry or just like fans in general, kind of get that first bit of momentum and then it's like run off the momentum, keep running, keep running. But there's no way, it's not, a, it's not a graph that goes diagonally up. That's no one's life. That's no one's career. You're going to have a really hot moments, and then you're going to have to either take time off or write the next bout of music. There's so much, I would say, it's kind of like a balancing act of so many different factors that factor into what your project is doing currently and if you don't take time off to write new music and and kind of take time to wait for shows and go experience life in your own personal like hemisphere there's no way that you can pour that back into your project 
and with your creative kind of process, you know, kind of walk me through it. You definitely dabble in a lot of, I would say, subgenres of electronic music from just like really dancey stuff, future bassy stuff, heavier stuff, and all of your sets are always a journey, very like big dynamic range energy that's very vibe. Um, do you kind of approach all of your songs with the same kind of footing, or is it different every time? Oh, it's different every time. It's just, I think a lot of artists can relate to that. I just love so many different genres, and I love playing all the genres in my sets. So, when I started putting out music, I didn't want to necessarily, like, pigeonhole myself into one sort of sound, which um, is why I put out, like, a bunch of different genres, but... Which is a great basis because I think a lot of people figure out how to master one skill or, you know, pro step or drum and bass or this and that. And when you do 20 releases of yeah. the same sounding stuff, sometimes fan bases are not as accepted when you finally go, oh, wait, I make house too. And I make this jammy stuff too. So when you lay those kind of like marbles all not in one basket, it gives you so much creative freedom down the road when you really find something you're like, I'm going to make be like this and then I'm gonna reinvent myself make like this. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like you're making music and you're not excited about it, you're not spicing it up, you're not pushing things up. It's not sustainable to become really stale and people can see right through it. I feel like when they hear music that's like cookie cutter or like I don't know. But I always am just trying to find like sparks or innovative ways to make something that I haven't made before, sound I haven't made before. Um, but there's peaks and valleys. I'll go through writer's walk for like a month or two. And then I think, like you said, the, the key is just realizing I got to be persistent, knock you up, and it's going to come. So, but yeah, there's moments where I'm like, fuck, do I know how to make music? Like, I can't make anything that I like right now. And then all of a sudden you'll make something you like, and you're like, oh yeah, I can do this. <laughs> you're like, I have that, I have that. And I think... Again, I'll always say, like, we're our own worst enemy, and when we get in those kind of, like, mindsets, it can really psych out so many things in your life. You'll be at, like, Whole Foods and be like, am I grabbing the right thing? <laughs> like, is that is this something that I'm actually confident in my actions that I'm doing in everyday life? Because I think when you pursue something that's your passion, it's so much of an investment and sacrifices on your end, kind of becomes a part of you. Yeah. So when you feel like you forget how to do something or hit a writer's block, it's kind of like you have to push through and out. You have to just keep going because you'll eventually get to that other stuff. And I do feel like yours, you know, your subgenre that you kind of dabble around in, it's all very emotional-based music. Would you say that you write from personal experience or, you know, I, I talked to producers that they watch movies with the sound off or they have like a color board in front of them, like, what do you kind of do to find that creative inspiration? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I feel like I start every song different. Typically, I like to start with like a vocal with nothing around it, whether that's a sample or an acapella from a singer, and build the chord progression. And I, I try to work really fast, like try not to like click a billion snares and try to figure out the exact yeah. perfect sound. Snare for seven days, <laughs> yeah. So I just like, I try to work fast and just try to get in the flow and just make decisions, not become too attached to anything. And uh, 
I feel like it's, it's very simple, but I feel like I made a song I like when it gives me chills. And if it gives me chills, then I'm super inspired to finish it. But I guess that's sort of my basis for finishing a song. I mean, that's, that's such a special feeling, too, because I feel like experiences like, you know, concerts, it, it's very rare when, when you listen to your own stuff. You're like, wow, like this is yeah, it's rare, yeah. And, and you know when you're writing something of that caliber, and then it, you're done like that. You write something like when you're really about something, you finish it really quickly. Totally, yeah. And you're I like, finish fast. Oh, I can sit down, finish it. And then, yeah, it's weird. I like finish like a bunch of tracks in a month, and then I'll go a month without any tracks. And like, it's just like I don't know if it's gonna give anyone else chills, but I know like as long as it's giving me chills, it's something I'm proud to put out. Well, I definitely think that there comes like a point in time, especially when you have the realization that this is like a job and you start making money and then you're like, oh, well, now I have money and I have to handle this money and maybe you give up what you were, you know, using as financial stability and you have a little bit more pressure on your shoulders. A lot of people, especially in electronic dance music with all of these different subgenres, it's very easy to say, well, I'm a dubstep artist and I'm a this artist. But when you put yourself in that, you know, kind of I would say again you know basket of one marble all the marbles are in one basket you can very often lose that kind of self-fulfillment of feeling artistically happy and, and, and I'm creating stuff that's new and exciting and stuff that makes me uncomfortable and stuff that makes me grow and you've always kind of dabbled in everything which I love and you know for people listening to this that really aspire to all I hear over and over again when I started Patreon, I did some lessons one-on-one, kind of that stuff like that. And so much of it is, why won't these labels keep up my traps? Why are, why are they saying I'm, you know, it, it's not fitting, but then they have an artist that sounds exactly like me and they're picking them up. You know, what would you kind of give some, some tips and advice to those individuals as to just like push through and start, I would say paving your own path. Because I think it's very daunting to individuals where it's like, in this specific genre of electronic dance music it's like the labels of the gateways they're the gateways to the shows the gateways to the agents you know how did you surpass that individually to say no i can do this on my own and create such a demand that they're not going to be able to ignore what i'm doing yeah totally well like i said earlier when i i turned in all my songs to labels like the first one or two years they all said no so i was like okay, either these songs don't come out because they're not on a label, or I'm going to try to do it myself and grow myself. So I would say just to anyone like, trying to pave their own path, don't get discouraged when a label says no. Because you could have written the best song of all time, and just the label says no. But I get it, because it, it was discouraging for me. I was like, why are not these labels like, wanting my song? Like, even if they get the majority of the percentage, they still don't want it. And then, I think that's just a sign from the universe, honestly. If you really believe in the song, put it out yourself and trust. And also, try to put some money into marketing, too. Like, don't just put it on SoundCloud and think that's enough. Wish for the best. Yeah. yeah. Like, these days, it's, it was different when I, like, first started. SoundCloud was, like, a really big thing when I first started posting them. Now, if I was trying to pay my own way, it seems like TikTok is a big way to sort of break through the the 
noise, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Guys. If I was starting over right now, I would make that my priority. Six o'clock. Oh. Well, if you see like major, major agencies picking up people who have. I would say on other social media platforms, not like a crazy basis, or, you know, they don't have a huge discography and they're maybe just starting to dabble in mashups and bootlegs and remixes, but the logo look up on TikTok and then Gossip and DTA, you know, they're like, let's go. And I think it's the first time that a social media platform has come along that's had such a powerful influence just on our industry in general. I mean, you see people not only like, electronic dance music wise and I remember when we first started it was kind of in COVID when TikTok really blew up. You know, people like Faga, Adele, Lana Del Rey saying they won't let me release this song unless this blows up here. Uh-huh. And I feel like you've never seen that happen really with like a social media platform before. Yeah. It's super powerful. I'm addicted to it, which is probably not good, but I I even find like so much useful information on TikTok that it keeps me hooked to it because it, it's like a world of discovery, basically. It really is. Yeah. And I just never... I don't know. I think reels are popping off now, too, on Instagram, but you can just post something on TikTok and it can go viral. Like, their algorithm seems kind of random, which I like. It's very random. I yeah. think people, like, try to decipher it for a while and say, oh, well, like, you have to, you know, appeal to your niche crowd and then do this, and then every 30 videos this blows up and this blows up. Right. And changes all the time and I think the big thing with TikTok is when I first started posting on Instagram like I always liked social media but I didn't feel like it was like a social media savvy person I was like I just need to do this to connect to the outer world it was like make content that is engaging and educational and like a call to action and like give something to somebody that you don't know a, a new piece of information or something to hold on to and I think TikTok took that and really ran with it because the TikToks that do really well and pop off are usually like a new piece of information or I've learned so much about like Adobe products and how to edit videos and certain sound design techniques and mixing and mastering just based on these 15 second videos. It is, yeah. I honestly feel like if you like start posting TikToks, a lot of people post a couple songs, post a couple TikToks, and then say it didn't blow up. I give up. And if you really, really have a passion for something, you will do it no matter how long it takes. So, like, the key is to keep putting out TikToks, keep putting out music, and keep putting out you, like yourself. Don't try to sound like someone else. Obviously, we're all inspired by the artists we listen to. Inspiration is just a big circle. Yeah, I don't believe anyone's really original. So, as long as you stay consistent and don't get discouraged by not getting views, by not getting plays, and just you will it. eventually get there. Yeah, if you, if you don't give up, like it's basically inevitable. In my opinion, it, it definitely is, especially with TikTok. It's, TikTok's been very daunting to me. I was, I, I have been very publicly on the podcast, not against it, but like thought this should determine my whole career but also it's a part of our job and also it's a it's a tool that's now being used to reach facebook twitter and instagram combined right. which is amazing and yeah. it's like okay well if you can capitalize here you can really like do really well here and maybe you don't have to worry so much about the other ones and maybe just make those you know tour recaps and, and song announcements and show announcements and just fun stuff instead of thinking okay how am i gonna get these likes how am i gonna get these comments and i spoke to a 
a girl named Liz Haggerty. She does like yeah, a bunch of this. yeah. She has a bunch of like kind of she did a lot of work for Insomniacs and now I think she works with Capitol Records or Warner Bros. And, and she does like one days with like Grizz and people like you and Illustream and stuff. And she said like a lot of people just like put their first foot in and they go, okay, well I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna post maybe every other day. And she's like, quicker you go quicker you're going to go out through to the other side and she's like once you get that first viral video that hits you know 100k one mil, something that you would never think is obtainable all of your other videos slowly start to take off and she's like faster than they can just cross these things off and figure out what you really like and she said the more genuine you are and i think it's really like an attest to just branding in general i feel like your like brand is obviously super positive very like know love everybody respect everybody the whole like blur thing but it's who you are as an individual so it makes it way easier than you trying to put on a facade that's not necessarily like real or like really true to you and Liz is just like if you just be yourself you're going to attract people that are supposed to be attracted to you I always say like you can't choose your fan base your fans choose you and I feel like your fan base is quite wonderful kind of like it's very much so a reflection of who you are as a person um, as far as like seeing your community grow really just like nationally and like worldwide, has it felt kind of crazy to see all these people who really, really support your project and just like love your music? Yeah, it still doesn't click for me. Like, <laughs> I'm so just like grateful that people like resonate with the music and that it helps them, but I still feel like I don't know, like, I'm just a guy. <laughs> like, I don't feel like I'm, like, uh, I don't know. I think there's, like, an idealization. Not an idealization. There's, like, a, a lot of people kind of create this, like, oh, you're an artist, you're an idol. I'm an idol. Like, I'm going to put you on this, like, pedestal. Yeah. And I can be very, like, daunting, like, not healthy a yeah. lot of the times. And, and I think that the more that people realize that, like, you're just a human. I'm just a human. There's like this fourth wall that's broken down where this is just what we decided to pursue as a passion. And it's fortunately worked out after a number of years. And I think that it's always great in like the times where you can talk with fans or have being great with you stuff like this, where you're transparently just talking about your life, that individuals and fans of yours can see like, oh, he's just like me. He likes baseball. He yeah. likes sports. He likes this. And it's, it's definitely kind of that you know show behind the curtain hold back that at the end of the day we all deal with things we're all human we all have to take breaks and I definitely see you talk about kind of like mental health and wellness a lot because that's something that really is like kind of dear to your heart you really prioritize in your life yeah definitely well I feel like that was another thing that drew me yeah music was how much it helped like my mental when I was feeling in a dark place and I wanted like artists just made me feel okay for a few seconds and I wanted to bring that back and it's kind of like this beautiful cycle of like I, I'd like to think I'm helping people feel okay for a few seconds and by that feeling by them feeling okay for a few seconds that makes me feel okay for a few seconds so it's like this cool loop it's like a big circle yeah which, which I love and it's and it's like it's it's such a cool thing in this community where I feel like we are just privileged enough to really create an escape for people who work very hard Monday through Friday and allow them to 
have this moment in time, just like you did and I did as a fan of the music, creating this totally different new environment where people can just forget about their stresses and their worries and their problems for a brief moment in time. Yeah, I think that's huge. Not only helping people feel okay if they don't feel like their life overall is in a great place, but on top of that, it's very people to go for that dream no matter how long it takes and realize you're not stuck in any situation. So it's like a combo of that. Like a combo of like providing some peace and also providing some inspiration to do whatever you want to do. So you can do it. No, you literally can't. I've had this like conversation I feel like topic come up all weekend where it's like it's unrealistic until it's not. It's unrealistic until it's actually realistic and you just kinda of start chipping away at things and it's like you're never too old to pursue something. You're never you know if you really want to make it happen you set realistic expectations with yourself to go out and actually make it happen. And when those little things take away and you cross away those things on the list, you say, okay, well, maybe this is possible. Maybe this is possible. I'm sure when you started, you were like, there's no way that I'm going to be playing all these major festivals at night and having these headline tours and have thousands of people support me all over. And, you know, then you kind of look around and it's this outer body experience of saying, yeah, I actually did do this and this is here. And that's just an example of why every um, as far as like the project goes, is there some new music that you're, you know, excited that you're working on? Is there anything you can kind of tease for us? Yeah, um, I have some remixes of The Vault and a bunch of unreleased stuff, and I'm, I'm going to put out my biggest project of the year next year. I'm not going to announce it yet, but there's a good chunk of music coming, so I don't. I love that. I love that. And, and I, I think right now, like, not the name of the game, but it's very, it's very fulfilling to work on big bodies of work because you can really translate and speak to your audience. Like, hey, this is like my full vision. The intros, the interviews, the outros, and really making like these ethereal, atmospheric environments that you wouldn't really be able to do in just like a single or bigger or something yeah. like that. And making like real records for sure yeah like when i first started i would never put out an album that's my first release i was like i'm gonna do a bunch of singles and then hopefully people will listen to an album after i they like a few of my songs. absolutely are you teasing any of that stuff tonight uh i play the remixes maybe that you got the whole um play a full no unreleased remixes, but i am playing some unreleased music awesome so, that's so exciting yeah. cool so where let me listen to this where are some of your next dates? Where where can they catch you kind of going through the summer and into the fall? Is there anything you're specifically, you know, excited about? Yeah, really excited about DC. Ah, that's like two weeks, right? Yeah, two that weeks. is Oh, God, it's like here. So, I mean, yeah, nothing really compares to that. And then art summer also is really huge for me because that was one of the festivals that got me into this. So that's going to be beautiful. And it's also my hometown. So family and friends and I don't know. So, you know, like playing in your hometown. Does always mean a lot. Yeah. yeah. So I'd say those are the two that I'm most excited about, probably. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to speak today. I really appreciate thank it. I'm really so glad much. we got to, like, finally do this and catch up. I'm excited to catch your set at Soulfest, and I'm sure we'll see each other soon in the future. Thank you so much. This is fun. Love you. See you guys. Bye. Bye.